recording? Is it oh happening? Oh my goodness. It says it's happening. Well, then I guess it's happening. Here we are. <laughs> We're so good at recording things now in this Zoom universe that we all live in. We just hit the button and all of the sudden creation is happening. Man, isn't that the way that, that life, you just, <laughs> you take one step and a creation happens. But the step itself is the creation. Man, oh man. <laughs> Welcome, Hi, to <laughs> Welcome to the Create Podcast. Welcome to the Create Podcast. I'm Kristen Hange. I'm Natalie Roy. And, and we, are, we, we are us. <laughs> <laughs> Two best friends who like, to, who like to talk about creativity and the deep mysteries of life. Yeah, as, as much or as little as we can possibly understand about them at any given moment. Just here to hold the mystery. Yeah. But it's been a really fertile time, I feel like. Um, I mean, I am actually in a fertile time of pregnancy for uh, those of you that might be new listeners. Kristen, I'm actually over eight months pregnant now. It's, it's a whole thing. Time flies when you're making podcasts and it's babies. I was thinking the other day that the baby could come at any moment. Any moment. I think she tries. I think she tries to escape all the time. <laughs> How is she communicating these days? Um, she, she really, uh, likes to forcefully put her foot in my ribs at this point. <laughs> She's a girl who likes to put her foot down. And sometimes I will put my hand there and say, no, you don't, you, your foot doesn't go there. And she'll kick back into my hand. Like, <laughs> like, oh no, that's where I'm going to be. She's come kicking. Man, I can't wait to see who this spirit is going to be. <laughs> can't wait to meet her. I can't wait for all the tools I'm going to need to have. Isn't it wild that there's this new being who's coming to be in our lives? Yeah. A new best friend. A new best friend. She has so much to teach us. A new guru. Yeah. Man, oh man. But um, yeah, I just feel like the, the creative process and particularly, you know, in pregnancy, just having like a real incubation time, it's very rich with insight. It's very rich with looking at things in a different way. I think about the female intelligence that is really more, it's, it's feels so much uh, less linear mm -hmm. that the sort of lessons messages, they can come from different ways, uh, more maybe even creative ways that I hadn't noticed before. So I can just notice so much creativity just born in the listening and the watching and the being in the space I know a lot of women during this particular point of pregnancy talk about like how your dreams are so crazy and it's so true. And I just think, oh, it's so interesting how when you really get into this deep creative process, whatever it is, whatever you're building, whatever you're making, humans or art projects or songs or scripts, that there's, there's sections where you're just really in this deep listening. And I know that all of our conversations lately have felt so on fire with all of these just different insights and tidbits of, of wisdom and different podcasts or different books or different teachers or someone in the supermarket says a certain thing and just noticing how all the pieces are coming in together. And I'm just so jazzed about the conversation we're going to have today Me because too. this feels really like, I, I hope it resonates for people as it has for us of like, whoa, this, this feels like a really great conversation that we, we want to be in right now. Yeah, that's right. And right before we launch in, I do want to share that I finished my last day on this movie that I've been working on for a while. I know. And it's been really wild because wow. I haven't been able to talk about it freely. I've talked about it vaguely on this podcast. I've been able to talk about it with a few close friends, but there's been uh, no permission to post about it or to be public about it. So I do feel like I've been in this quiet space working diligently on something. And then I finished my last day a week ago today. Wow. And it feels very exciting. And I'm in this moment of, I don't know what happens next. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting to release something to the world and go, what will happen? Maybe nothing. Maybe only a few people will see it. Maybe lots of people will see it. I don't know. So I'm in the not knowing moment where the work is done, but it hasn't been given yet. And it's I'm right here, right about to give it. 
And I just wanted to say that there's something that I know is so valuable about the actual giving it to the world. And I've seen in myself that one of my places that I can stall is when the work is done, but the delivery. So the delivery process and how that is, that really makes the full circle complete is the handing it over. So send me all the good vibes as this delivers in the world. And it's really interesting how it coincides with your delivery could be any day. Wow. I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited for you. It's so cool to, I've gotten to watch you really work this project for a long, long time. And so cool to see you um, create it in this way. And, and I think it really reminds me of what Elizabeth Gilbert talks about in big magic, where it's yours and then it's not yours anymore. Right. And and that moment where it's like the baby grew up and it's, it's going to go off and do its thing now. And you're like, okay, okay, here it goes. And I definitely felt in those last couple of weeks, like I am done. I am ready to be done with this. And I wonder if it's similar when all of a sudden you're eight months pregnant where you're like, I'm getting close to done. I feel like I'm going to be done with this process soon where where I was like, I can't look at it anymore. I can't tweak on it anymore. We're down in such fine minutia. I'm done with the conversations. I'm that the last little bits, they were, I'm trying to find what the right word was. I don't want to say tedious because that doesn't, doesn't feel like there's enough honor and reverence in that, but they were, Oh, I guess there's there's something bittersweet about the last bits because mm. in a way you've already made it. You've already created the thing. And there are these little tiny decisions and it's easy to let your fear manifest in the little tiny decisions that maybe don't really matter. Maybe no yeah. one will notice, but yeah. all of a sudden you're like, this is my last time to get it right. So I just oh, got yeah. to witness all of that in myself. Oh, it's so cool. I just, I just love the process. I love the creative process and where it takes us, all the iterations of it. Every stage is different. Every moment of it is different. I, I totally concur. You get to the moment in your pregnancy where it's like, I think there's not, it doesn't feel like there's magic in it anymore. Now it feels like a job to complete. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, and also you're still really present to the magic, but it, it changes. And I think it's supposed to change because, you know, if I was still in this sort of pregnancy glow that I've been in for the last few months, it's like, I'd never want the baby to leave my body. Like I would never want this sacred moment of my life with it in this way that I can never have back again. There's part of me that would never want that to end. So it, it's almost like it has to get to that end stage where you kind of want to eject it <laughs> to, to move on to the next stage. Right. Otherwise we would just hold on to it forever. Totally. Oh. Okay. So this conversation we're about to have such a buildup. <laughs> I know. I don't have, I don't have a good segue, so I'm just jumping in. I heard someone say something this morning and it was so good and it was given in the spirit of this may be shared. A person said, "Whenever I take something personally, it is always about my shame." And it leads me to an inner exploration of my shame and how deep it is. So this person said, when I take something personally, ask what part of my shame is being activated? And I felt like this question slapped me across the face. And I've really been able to see clearly, especially with the pandemic and being inside and a little bit more isolated, I could see myself more clearly. And I could see when I take things personally, And it's really interesting to think of that as related to my own personal shame because I have never drawn that line before. I've never seen that, oh, what is being activated inside of me is something where I feel not good enough, where I feel that there's something inside of me that is wrong. So I got to journaling and I started to write and I realized that 
often when I take something personally, it's around not feeling chosen, not feeling maybe like someone wants to spend time with me, um, like not being valued. And I was, I was like, oh, okay. So that's what it is when I, when I feel like I'm not important to someone, that's, that's when I start to think, take something personally. So it led me to think about if, if my shame is that I am not valuable, where am I acting, behaving, or believing that about myself? Hmm. Because if it's inside me, then I have the power to heal it. And it becomes real easy to see where I don't value myself. And it becomes really easy to see where I make choices that aren't treating myself like I'm valuable. Oh. And that's painful. It's painful to realize that there is a little one, a little Kristen listening inside of me and a big Kristen listening inside of me. And she's listening to how I treat myself. But when I go unconscious of these habitual patterns of how I treat myself and I can't see it, I can't see that I'm not treating myself as valuable and I'm putting all of my attention outside of myself, the trigger that I feel lets me know that there's something unconscious inside of me that life itself wants me to look at. Hmm. I love how you framed that. When you shared that with me this morning, I wrote it down. I, I was like, wait, say that again, say that slower. When I take something personal, it's about shame. It's about the shame that I feel. It's so interesting because I know as artists and as creatives, it's just almost like the, the autopilot place to go is to take something personally. Like the audition didn't come to me. What must that mean about me? It must mean I'm bad. It must mean I'm not valuable. It must mean I'm not good. It must mean they don't like me. It must mean I messed it up. And it's always such an interesting thing. And I know that you've been on the other side of the table as a director you've been on the other side of the table most of the time to say, oh, it's never about that. It's never personal. It's never that we're sitting there talking about how horrible someone is and we never want to see them again. And they're a bad person. You know, it's, it's, it's actually that your focus, I imagine goes entirely towards just something that clicks, something that resonates, something that lights up, something that turns on. And it's just in the place where that energy gets activated, that's where the focus goes, but not because of the detriment or, or some wrongdoing in, in any other place. But I think that it's just a really interesting thing to just look at how the mechanism inside of us is that life happens, you know, the cab drives by and splashes water and all of a sudden it, we make it mean something. It's like, oh, it must be because of this. And I love this link that it's always pointing to this place of shame, a place of a limiting belief, a place of a self-abandonment, or a place of a wound that, that shame is really in place to, to almost help us avoid. <laughs> you know, it's like we, we try to avoid our shame so much. We try to avoid feeling shame at all costs that it's, interesting that life because it loves us so much and it's here for our evolution and it's here for our growth that life will give us these opportunities to go hey there's some shame there hey there's some shame there and not because it's mean to us because it actually loves us and it wants us to heal it it's so true and I feel like we are at this moment in time where life keeps asking us to become more conscious. So it gives us these opportunities to see ourselves reflected back in new ways because it wants us to come into full maturity. And I see the way that life continues to ask me to become and more, to, to take myself into maturity. And can you think of a more loving message than life saying, hey, sweet girl, 
value yourself. You are precious. And instead of me looking over there or over there, it feels like a piece we know it. That's a, that's a line from a play I worked on. Instead of looking over there or over there, can I look to myself to treat me like I'm precious? Mm. To treat me like I'm a treasure, to cherish me. And can I bring that into my conscious awareness? So if it's going from unconscious to conscious, I can make it really simple. I can make it moment by moment. I can make it choice by choice. I can ask myself, how would it feel for you, Kristen, to feel valuable at this moment? What do you need from me to give that to you? And then watch what happens. So it reminds me of how I've been decorating my apartment. Like I'll get a vision of something that I think would be delightful. And then when I create it for myself, it's so exciting. And it reminds me of being a director and I get a vision of what I want the scene to be. And then I create it and I'm like, oh, that looks just like how I saw it in my head or, ooh, it's so much better than how I saw in my head. But when I do that for myself, when I honor what I have asked for, and then I show up and I create that for myself, the message that I receive is, oh, I got you. I value yeah. you and I love your tastes. I love your preferences. And I will show up and create an environment for you to thrive. And you're really building safety that way. Right, you're building a relationship with your with yourself where you say, "Yeah, I got you, and I'm for you." And when I tell you I'm going to look out for you, I mean it, and I put action behind that. You know, I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, um, "What do you think is the the quality that would make someone most cast an actor?" And I said, "That's such a great question. I don't know if it could deduce down to like one specific quality, but I think that if I had to really just." off the tip of my tongue, think of something, I think it maybe is the sense of trustworthiness. Like I just trust that this person will get the job done or I trust they'll be directable or I trust they'll be on time or like, I just, I have a trust in the person, whether it's, you know, their talent or what I believe they could bring to the table. And I was thinking, well, what, what, how do we sort of define what it is to be trustworthy if that's the case? And it's really this, this notion that like, what I say I do, like it's congruent. If I say to myself, I, I got you, then I do. And if I say, you know, um, to myself, your value is important to me, then I take action that supports that, that, I, that I'm supporting my own claim all the time. So not only am I making a claim of I am worthy of value, but now I'm really building a life and an experience where all of my actions are in support of that claim. And if they're not, then I clean it up and I make amends to myself and I really honor myself in doing that. And when you brought up this idea about value and how there was, there was some shame coming up around, like, do I value myself enough? Just this very week I was having this, this thought and this feeling of relationship and love and dynamics that can show up as transaction. And sometimes the feeling of, oh, if I'm showing up and being a really good friend to you, or if I'm showing up and giving you something or serving you or validating you, then then it feels like there's an exchange of love or energy back. But what happens if I'm, if I'm not, does that, does that love get withheld? Does the love go away? Is there abandonment? Is there punishment? And I think many of us um, might've grown up in, in a world or, or in a culture or in a situation where we were so praised for achievement or we were so praised on what we could do that I think many of us do have the question of our innate inherent worth of if I'm just here in my mess and I'm not contributing anything, am I still lovable? Do I still have value? You know? And, and I do think that this is really a question that is 
up because what happened during the pandemic is much of the way we defined ourselves as useful and valuable and lovable came crashing down. And then we were sitting, like you said, beautifully, you know, sitting with myself being like, who now I'm having a deeper experience of what this is. And, and I do think it's a really common thing to say, okay, I've had to, I've had to refine what my value is. I have to refine what my worth is. And it might not be in the same place as it was before. That is so well said. I think often we don't believe in our value. So we do something to prove our value. Yeah. And something that I see is a culture of people who go, if I have this partnership, then I'm valuable. If I have this body, then I'm valuable. If I have this level of success or this level of financial achievement, then I am valuable, then I am lovable. And then what can happen is life being a generous teacher will go, we're gonna take that thing away. And now can you feel your inherent value? Can you feel it sitting right there doing nothing, nothing to hang on your mantle? Can you just feel it? Can you just know it? And what does it feel like? What's the embodied feeling of knowing that you are a treasure, that you are inherently worthy and you can drop all the gymnastics that you have been doing trying to get the world to see it and then allow yourself to know it and feel it and live it. And so I think that is part of the maturation process. I feel like I've been seeing in many people's lives that as things fall away, we are letting go of the outer trappings and we're going inside to a deeper knowing And then we're watching our actions change because our inner beliefs have changed. Yeah. And, and that feels like that's part of the design that that feels like the intelligence of the design of evolution, that we will not come out of this the same people we were when we stepped into it and, and we're not supposed to. And I do think that this opportunity to look at where I feel shame, where I feel unworthy, where I feel not valuable, where I betray myself, like you said, to do those gymnastics, to achieve, to perform, to martyr myself, to say yes to things that aren't a yes for me, to make agreements to things that I don't wanna make agreements with. You know, Where do I drop my standards and boundaries to people please or to um, prioritize someone else's value over my own? And where am I doing those things so unconsciously, those thousand tiny cuts? And then asking of myself and my vision and my dream, okay, what do you want to create? What do you want to do? It's like, I don't trust you're going to be there to do that with me. So I'm not going to bring that information to you. Ooh, that's a deep one. It's like that feeling of like, where's my inspiration? Where's my talent? Where's the thing that I came to do? And it's like, well, it's in there, but it doesn't necessarily trust you as the steward to bring it forward. And it's not that it wants to withhold from you, but it's that you're not there to really have the conversation with it. Mm. There's this great... uh, quote, or I forget exactly how it goes, but it's like, your dream is there. It's just buried underneath other people's needs. Oh, wow. And it's like, yeah, all of these little abandonments, these little betrayals, these little, I don't really want to, but it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I'll just say yes one more time. All of those little things. It's almost like it just, it just buries the purpose. It just buries the Dharma, just buries that that spark that is mine, that is, that is mine to live. And, and then we have to go on a little excavation journey. And then we have to build trust. And we have to say to that part of ourselves, I'm here. And it's almost like when I start to join that part of myself, I, and I, I also like to kind of personalize it to little Natalie, like seeing a younger version of myself and really asking her like, what is it that you want? What would delight you? What do you want to create? What do you want to do with your one precious life? Um, you know, like what, what are we here for? 
it's almost like there are times when I connect with her and she's like, you're not doing this for me. You're doing this to make yourself feel better. She's like, you're not doing this because you really want to know. You're not doing this because you really want to create anything. You're just so bad at feeling bad. And you think I have the answer. And it's a transaction. And it's like little, little spirit, little soul, little Dharma is like, I'm not playing that game because I value what we came here to do. Whoa, your little one is spicy. She's spicy. I know I'm in trouble with her all the time. (laughs) What, what does she want from you? Well, here's, what's really interesting. It's always an evolution right? It's, it, it's not necessarily always the same dynamic at the same time, but she can tell if I'm, if I'm coming with like an ulterior motive, I would say like, I'm, I'm, here's a situation in my life. I notice myself take it so personally. I notice myself get so triggered. I notice myself not feel, oh, I, I'm not valuable. I'm not creating, I'm not, I, I'm this age and I haven't done what I wanted to do or whatever that stuff is, right? It, it starts mm-hmm. to come up and you start to feel so bad and you question yourself and you're, uh, it just, you just want to get out of it. It just doesn't feel good. You just want anything to, to feel better. So I'll go to my inner child. I'll go to, I'll, I'll go to the inner spark. I'll go to my, my creation. I'll go to my talent. But what is it that you want to do? It's like, well, nothing with you. Well, why, why? Because you're, because you're here for you. You're not here for it. Ooh. You're here to feel better. You're here to not feel your shame. You're here to avoid, you're here to bypass. And that's not what this process is about. The process is the opposite of the bypassing. It's going all the way into the shame. It's going all the way into the thing you don't wanna feel because what we're here to create is, is inlaid in it. It's like, I want you so much to understand your value that I'm going to take you to the depths of how resistant you are to feeling yourself as valuable. And I'm going to make you see all the ways in your life that you put everyone else's value ahead of yours. And I want it to feel like it's going to crack you open. So it does. So we can actually do the thing we're here to do. That is hot. (laughs) That is hot, Natalie. That is fire. And as you say that, I asked a question about my shame internally. And what I heard was there is something inside of me that sometimes feels not good enough, like not good enough for the thing that I'm here to deliver. Like I am going to let it down or I'm not equipped enough or good enough. I mean, it's so in those primal, basic, limiting beliefs of, feel not whatever that thing is enough for my dream, the things I wanna create. And yet what I know, like I know, whenever I'm in a creative space, it's not me who does it. It gets done through me. I relax deeply, I open, and I feel an energy take me over that is the doer. Mm. And it happens every time. Every time, every time without fail. And that's why when I'm teaching writers, I say, just show up, put your hands on the keys, sit there for 15 minutes, write down the limited beliefs that come up and then just start playing and an energy will take you over. And that is actually the thing that, you know, little me will always bring me back to. It's like, it's like I could say to her, I could sit in meditation and say, little Natalie, like, what is it that you want? What is it that you need? What is it that you want to do? And she's like, I don't even want to have to perform for you. Mm-hmm. I want to be here in presence. And I just want you to be here with me. Yes. Nothing to do. No puppeteering, no performance, no achieving, no making anything happen. I want your presence. And it's just from the seat of just showing up, show up, even if you have writer's block, just show up in the presence, 
show up even, you know, show up to whatever it is you feel, show up for the shame, show up for the joy, show up for the surprise, show up for the heartbreak, whatever's here, just allow yourself to sit in the presence of whatever it is without thinking that you have to do anything with it. And the thing will do what it's here to do through you. That's right. Attunement. And I always go back to when we were children, what we desired most was our parents' attunement. For them to be present with us and attune with us. And that's when we feel the most excited in relationship, right? When you and I go out on our play dates, we have this way of attuning to each other. And it's like yes. we're riding the same frequency. We feel that with our romantic partners, right? This, we get in a zone and ooh, there's a deep attunement. And that attunement feels so good that our own creativity, our own spirit desires our attunement, our presence because it has something that it wants to live through us. And so that's why it feels weird when we are stuck on our phones because we're not attuning to our spirit. And that's why it feels weird when we like numb out to Netflix because we're not attuning, right? So there is the difference between showing up with a deep presence and allowing our spirit to be alive in the creation of a moment and numbing ourselves out. And I think what we're learning is it's actually safe to be present. And I was listening to some uh, Gabor Mate last week and he wrote that book in the realm of hungry ghosts. I hope I'm getting the name of that book right. He talks a lot about addiction. He also talks about ADHD. And he, he has a whole theory that when you were a young child, if there was lots of trauma around you, there was a part of your brain and he goes deep into the science of it that would start to, uh, when things became too traumatic, that would shut down as a way of protection. Mm. So that the circuitry gets built to shut down. So that the brain gets trained to not focus to like not be too present because it was too painful as a child. Mm. And so as we do this healing work, we're teaching ourselves, I believe that it's safe to focus on another human, to focus on ourselves, to attune to our own presence. Like we can come back into this moment. We can be here and it's safe to be here. And we really get an opportunity when we do create the opportunity of attunement when we're brave enough to create the because it can be vulnerable to say hey Kristen like I want to have this conversation or I want to go here with you I want to do this thing with you right because we're 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 going to take it personally if we get rejected if the other person's not down for it you know and and part of what we can come to understand too that in this conversation about not taking things personally is we're not all in the same agreements, that there are agreements, there are things that I'm signed up to learn. Like I came to this life to learn certain things and those things might be really different than what someone else is here to learn. And so I might try to invite them into that learning with me and they might say, no, I'm not available for that, right? Which is actually them knowing the value of what they're here for. It's such a gift, but we don't create the opportunity unless there's an ask. And unless there's really saying like, Hey, here's what I value. Do you want to stand in this with me? And I just have the cutest example of this the other day is that I, I was having a conversation with you and I said, Kristen, uh, there's this thing coming up and I've been thinking about it based on my energy levels and how I'm feeling and everything. And, um, I think I figured out really what I need to make this feel good for me. And you were like, great, tell me all about it. And so I told you, I was like, here's kind of where my boundaries are. Like, I, this is what I would need. And, and almost I could feel myself as I was saying it, asking myself, is it okay? Mm. Like, is it okay to say this? Is it okay to ask for this? Am I, be, am I asking for too much? Mm. Am, I, am I being difficult? Am I, making, am I making demands on Kristen? Am I making something harder for her? And I just want to reflect to everyone how beautiful your response was, is that your response back was like, 
thank you for telling me I know exactly what to do now. Uh Right. Where it's like, I was just so clear with you of like, here's what would be valuable to me. And then you met me not only by saying, sure, I can do that, but by also saying, thanks for the gift of telling me, because now, now I know exactly how to serve this moment and I'm excited about it. Yes. Oh, (laughs) so generous. So generous. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was so delicious. And I felt like what you were asking for actually made everything easier. And, um, I want to say controlled in the right way, you know, contained, it was a clear container and the clarity of that container was really valuable, but it's so funny. It's, isn't it interesting? It is so vulnerable to ask for what we actually need. And it's so exciting when it's met with enthusiasm, isn't it? Yes. Yes. I mean, and it's like all in the practice, right? If it's not met with enthusiasm, I can notice myself, take it personally. I can ask myself what shame is there, right? Like it's all learning. It's all growth. And then there's that, that really great opportunity that we can give to others and we can, we can go, oh yeah. When someone makes a request, when someone tells me what they value, it doesn't have to be in alignment with me. I don't even have to say yes to it, but I can absolutely say an acknowledgement of, Hey, thank you so much for telling me where you're at and what you need. It means a lot to me that you would share that with me. It's that, that may be a no for me right now, but like, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I really hear you. It's true vulnerability and it's true intimacy. And I think we often, maybe I'll, let me personalize this and say, I often really desire intimacy and vulnerability. And I want to recognize when people are giving me that and people give me that when they tell me exactly what is going on for them and what is happening internally. And that's always a gift. And and there's trust in that. There's trust in, I love you and trust you enough that I'm going to actually show you who I am and what my needs are. And, And so I see it as this precious gift. And then it's interesting when I withhold that from someone else I love, because I think, okay, well, I love to receive other people's truth and vulnerability, but I don't know if mine will be received. And so I'm going to keep it over here all by myself. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like I, I, I get this vision of a little pearl under a bridge as I like withhold my needs. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and I, I want to say in my experience as a woman, so I don't want to make this global about women, but in my experience in the feminine um, and I do feel like I have seen this patterning in other, in other women, although I'm not saying that this is a collective thing at all, but there seems to be a patterning that because women have been so subjugated over, over time and over centuries and over, you know, our history, that there is a, a misunderstanding of how to communicate what the need is or, you know, what, what it is that we want. And so because we haven't really had that training, we, we don't really know exactly how to do it. Uh, oftentimes it can be that we just don't do it or we assume it's not going to be received or we just say, well, I'll just do it myself, right? Or it, you know, and, and what we actually do is we rob the intimacy of the relationship because we, we rob the partner, the opportunity to show up for us and it can build unconscious resentment over time. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And I see that I can see in myself where I have fear sometimes of letting my needs be known. And it's a practice. I found myself last night saying to a friend, oh, actually it was this morning, a need came up and I repressed it. And then this morning I was, I, I said, can I do practice? I want to practice saying, uh, this thing, this need, this desire I saw come up inside of myself and I repressed it because I was scared and I just want to say it out loud. And I think that's how we also build self-trust is it's, we we continue to practice. And I don't know for me if it might just always be scary. And, and then I practice knowing that I can do, I can do those scary things. Sometimes big things for me in the world seem so much easier than the small interpersonal things. Yeah. And it's just such a a beautiful practice of 
saying to myself, even though the, the moment passed, I value you enough that I'm going to bring it up again. Yes. Like, yeah, I value way. you enough to say, okay, I'm going to do a redo here. Yeah. It's a way of showing myself my value when I show up in that way. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's such an important thing to just practice because, you know, even again, it's like the, the feminine intelligence for me is, is so much more broad and almost ethereal. And so it's, it was really cute. The other day I was having a conversation with my husband about my postpartum needs. This is what I thought was happening. <laughs> I thought I was having this conversation and I was talking about, you know, the four months after baby and the first 40 days after baby and some things that I think I might feel and some things that I think I might need, but it was all very um, broad. And it was all very like, I was, I was painting this very big mural, <laughs> right? And then I, I forget when it was, it was a few hours later, he was saying, oh, um, uh, such and such family members would like to visit uh, during, this, during this time. And all of a sudden I felt, oh my gosh, my need wasn't heard. And I, I said like, but, but I told you about, and he said, what? You, you know, you didn't tell me you didn't want any visitors during any particular time. And I was like, but I had the whole talk about my needs. And he's like, but you never said here's what I actually need. Like it was never like legit. It was never like, here's what it looks like. It was just this broad experience that never, that didn't have any legs in it. And so here I was feeling, oh my gosh, I communicated my need and yeah, he's walking all over it. And here he's thinking, I didn't hear any needs. What did, why am I getting in trouble? And yes. So it's so adorable to just say, oh yeah, sometimes we think we're having conversations and we're not having them. Sometimes I'm filtering it through my own people pleasing or I'm filtering it through whatever the case may be. And, and it's not actually being heard, you know, or, and we, our operating systems are different, you know, and we don't all walk around the world with the same language. We don't see things the same way. And so this is why it's so important to say out loud, here's what I value. Here's what I'm working on. Hey, can I, can I have a do-over on this conversation? Hey, I, you know, when we had this conversation, what I didn't say was this, but I'd love to say it now. It's so valuable to bring, to just continue to practice and bring that clarity because we just weren't taught. We just weren't taught how to do it. We just weren't taught and we're learning together. I really think we are teaching ourselves as we build new models of what relationships look like. We are learning. And I think it's a really fun time to be alive because I feel that everywhere that we are healing together and we are showing each other what it could be and uh, more healthy ways of relating. I also want to share, I know we're getting close to the time we usually wrap up, but I wanted to share that I recently had a journey. And as I went into this journey, I had this really fun intention, which is connected to knowing my value. And there are many intentions, but the main one was full knowledge and conviction of my power, worth, and divine connection. And I want to tell you, who did I get it? I felt like I was shot through with light, but the light was like a divining rod of steel that went up through my spine. And I just knew who I am, what I'm here to do, and the clarity was fire and it was in my body. And as I was in the space, I felt like I got really clear where to put my energy, where not to put my energy, where I had some energy leaking and I was doing things that were not for me, exactly what I want in my life, what I want to create. And it was so exciting and empowering and strong. And it was really interesting because it was so embodied. It was such a feeling in my body. You know how we talk about uh, healing is somatic and it's in the body, it's in this space. And it was really interesting coming out of the journey space, how I could feel this 
other Kristen energy, which is really cute. But as you were saying to me in our conversation earlier, was much more of the curious maiden who's like, oh, what's over here? What's this flower? Oh, look at the bunny. Like it's, it was very, uh, everything is interesting to me. Yeah. And the clarity of knowing who I am, what is for me, what I want to create makes it so clear also what is not for me. And it was so exciting to feel the difference in my body. And I feel like it is informing me about this next chapter in my life. Mm. I love that so much. It's, it's that, that feeling of that energy and I, and we come in with that energy, right. And, and in like that, that archetypal way, we, we come in with that energy of like, let me try everything on. Let me taste all the food. Let me walk over here. Let me do this thing. Let me try this city. Let me try this relationship. Let me try this. Let me, do I like this? Do I like this? And, and the whole point of that beautiful, youthful innocence is the exploration and the curiosity. And when we transition that energy into creative power that gets harnessed, right? Where it's all creativity and it's all experiential. But then when it comes to claiming and harnessing something, there's a decision and there's a choice that collapses the other possibilities. And sometimes we don't want to make a choice because we don't want to collapse the other possibilities. I actually think um, in our current world of dating, like online dating, it's, I think it's hard to make a choice because there's so many possibilities, right? It, it's that it's overwhelming. It's like, and, and, and it's like, every time you make a choice, you're like, but I wonder what other possibilities are there. Right. Even if this is great, it's like, it, it's like, you're always at the buffet. So even if you're not hungry, you you're just, but that looks good over there. Right. And, and so I think that's something that has happened to us in the world of a deep connection, right? Because we have the internet and we have all this online presence and we're, we're more connected than we've ever been. And I think that what can happen inside of that is that staying in that kind of maiden curious, I want to try everything, I want to do everything energy. And, and then there's this, this loss of that, like you said, that divining rod that says this this is for you. This is what we're choosing. This is what we're doing. And rather than focusing on all the possibilities that got collapsed, really allowing myself to claim and say, I am here for this. And I'm here to go all the way into this. And in doing so, it's actually going to open up a plethora of other possibilities that aren't actually available right now, unless I go all in here. Oh, that is right. And so I'm excited about going all the way in, into myself. And as you were talking about before, going all the way in to the darkness, right? Yeah. Those, those yeah. hidden parts of myself. And then all the way into the knowing of my value, the knowing of my worth and the knowing of what, what I am here to create. And it's interesting how faith plays a part of that. Yeah. Because when you know who you are and what you're here to create, it takes faith to commit to it. Yeah. It takes believing in yourself. It takes believing in your worthiness and believing in your instinct that says it's this thing. It's not that. It's not that. It's not that. It's not, not that. It's this. Mm. We, we both have a dear friend who, who went through a, a breakup recently. And one thing that she said throughout the end of, of this relationship and the end and the healing that she was, she was working through was she just realized that she just didn't always act in a way that showed that she loved herself. And so she started saying on the regular, what would a person that loved themselves do? Because she didn't know because she had acted in so many ways that didn't reflect a person who loved themselves. She was acting in a ways that valued other people over herself or that didn't, didn't think she was maybe good enough. And so when we have this conversation about value, it, that makes me think of that, of what would a person who valued themselves do right now? What would a person who valued themselves say right now? 
what would a person who valued themselves do with their schedule this week? What would a person who valued themselves do with their bank account this week? What would a person who valued themselves say yes to and no to? What would, would a person who valued themselves go back into that conversation or let it go? Would a person who valued themselves take that personally or no? And just, I think there's something juicy in the conversation that, ooh, if, if I'm really going into that value of I am here for a purpose, I, I'm learning to trust myself, I'm learning to value myself, I'm learning to love myself, and I'm learning to be here for whatever precious breaths I have here to really be here for the thing I'm here for. Even if I don't know what it is, the commitment to know what it is, the commitment to be here for it, the commitment to use my life to answering the question, that once I get really committed to that, I feel like every, every single little nuance, every choice, everything, we'll get this tremendous wave of clarity where all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, like I might sit and watch TV for a few hours. I might, I might, because there might be rest that's needed right now and I might do something else. And whatever it is, there's no shame in it because it's all choice. And from the power of that choice, I actually know my value. Well, here is to a, a week of knowing who we are, knowing our value, and getting to go on the discovery process of who we are and what we're here for. And may we be kind and gentle with ourselves in this process. And may we continue to explore all of that terrain inside with curiosity, with deep love, and with a knowledge and a conviction of our power. So it is. And so it is. Thank you so much for listening. We love to feel that we have friends all over the world in you who are committed to doing their dream on the planet. And if you like this podcast and you want to find out more about what we're doing, who we are, our pop-up classes, our online classes, you can check all of that out at thecreateseries.com. And if you want to be part of our Facebook community, you can go to the Create Community page. That's C period R period E period A period T period E period community. And if you loved this podcast, why not share it with a friend? 